Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. You know, there's no other mysterious person coming in through the airwaves. No, there's no, there's no other mysterious people, Katie. <laughs> it's just the you. Chi- and me and the Chinese people and and well 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 it's clearly the Chinese are listening I'm, I'm glad you you brought that up Tony Katz here at CPAC the conservative political action conference at KT McFarland is right there in front of me nobody understands the, the the national security issues that we deal with former deputy national security advisor uh, KT uh, McFarland and you know y- you joke the Chinese are listening I shared a story earlier today about some uh, service members at Minot Air Force Base being relieved of their duties because they're not keeping certain ballistic missile silos safe and secure. I note that that takes place a couple of weeks after a balloon (laughs) from China traverses the nation. And I'm like, you know what? Clearly, very clearly, it's nothing more than a coincidence. how bad is our security uh, regarding um, things like missile silos or just our national security in general, cybersecurity? Exactly how much of a threat is China on the daily basis? China's the only real threat on the daily basis. You know, China's goal, stated goal, they make no secret about it, is to achieve global dominance at the expense of the United States and push the United States onto the ash heap of history. And they're using every aspect of their society and economy to do it. So their, their goal is within a short period of time, within the decade, and in some cases by the end of the Biden administration, to be the dominant technological, military, economic, trade, diplomatic, cyber power in the world. How does a balloon get them there? Well, a balloon did several things. Um, first, it tested for them what's the United States' response to some kind of penetration of air airspace. And it turns out it was really nothing, right, until some people in Montana looked up in the air and said, oh, my gosh, what's that thing above us? Like Tommy looked up in the sky. <laughs> what's that? Hey, what's that? Balloon. Hey, and so the Biden administration, which presumably knew about the balloon, we hope, had done nothing about it, didn't want to interfere with any, quote, diplomacy they thought they were having with China. But what it also did was probably the Chinese balloon was probably on a spy mission to look for uh, targeting sites for its new intercontinental ballistic missile force. So the Chinese, for about the last mm, decade, have been rebuilding their military, big military buildup, probably the biggest we've seen in 100 years in the world. And they've particularly created a new intercontinental ballistic missile force, ICBM. That's a missile capable of going from China to the United States carrying a nuclear weapon. They don't have a big target list because they never had very many of them. Well, now they've got a couple hundred. They're going to go to a couple thousand. And so they were, they were on a mission. This was like a searching mission. What would make good targets? And if those targets were on our target list, how do we penetrate the defenses? So they've shown to themselves, one, the American government didn't really respond. Number two, they sneaked in, presumably sneaked in, without our knowledge until they were quite close, if not inside the United States airspace. And number three, they got a target list. Talking to KT McFarland, former Deputy National Security Advisor. 
we talk about now knowing that we knew when this balloon took off. Never mind when we knew it was over the Aleutian Islands right. there, the archipelago of Alaska. We knew when it took off. As somebody who would have been giving advice to the president on what to do when you knew the balloon took off, when would you have suggested to the president that it be shot down? And would you have suggested it be shot down? Yeah, I would have said to the president, uh, we think there's a Chinese balloon coming and the trajectory on which it's, and its path is it's headed to the United States. Let's give them a call. So you give them a call. We see your balloon. If you enter the United States airspace, we shoot it down. So you would have you would have given them fair warning. You would have been like, hey, we see you. Is there something to giving up that information that's problematic? Like letting the enemy know what you know? I think it's terrific if, if you can let them know, look, we know what you're doing. Don't you dare do it. But the idea that we didn't do any of that, they think they've got, they, they have found a, they penetrated a hole in our defenses. You brought up the idea that Biden possibly didn't do it for some level of negotiation for policy, for relations reasons. I talked to people in the Pentagon, first of all, when the balloon happened. And the Biden administration said, oh, well, it happened during the Trump administration. Nobody shot it down. We all got on the phone. All the senior people in the Trump administration, like, you know, emails are flying right. with each other. If the Pentagon people, intelligence community people, National Security Council, where I was, did you guys know that? Anybody? It didn't happen on my watch. I didn't know anything about it. So we all assured ourselves that if, if it had happened, we were not informed. So then there were three possibilities. Either it did happen and the military knew about it and they didn't let the civilian leadership know. That's not good. Or the Biden administration military is lying about it to give Biden cover. Or number three, the Chinese had so penetrated the United States that we didn't know until after the fact. All those are really bad. KT McFarland, um, uh, first, uh, we, we need to have you back more often. Secondly, we need to bring you out to Indianapolis. The Midwest uh, wants to hear more. That's this. This is the only thing I, I know. Um, before I let you go, I only got a, a few seconds left. China's take from this, from this balloon, you talk about how easy it is to penetrate uh, American airspace. Their take from this is do it again, or their take from this was, well, we got away with that one, but we probably won't get away with the next one. Oh, we got away with this one. What's next on our target list? You know, the Chinese are really, the Chinese are watching Ukraine for a number of reasons. They've maneuvered it so that they win no matter what happens. If Putin succeeds in taking Ukraine and destroying NATO, China says, great, you know, now we're going to be in a position of trading with NATO countries. We're not going to worry about our position with the Europeans. If, China, if Russia loses and somehow, you know, Putin's overthrown, China says, oh, that's good for us too. We'll just move into the areas where we want and send Asia. So the Chinese look at the situation. They do not want this war to end because the longer it goes on, the more Russia is dependent on China. The longer it goes on, the more America bleeds money into Ukraine. We're spending $100 billion a year. Now, what is our defense budget? It's not quite a trillion, like $700 billion. But, you know, we're spending a good 10, 15 percent of our defense budget on Ukraine right now. What mean, What does that mean? We're not spending it on China. We will talk more about that. KT McFarland, I appreciate you being with us.